Hi everyone, just wanted to quickly jump in before the episode starts and say there was a slight issue with audio and as a result I'm having to use the base like Zoom recording instead of mine and Adam's mics. So apologies for that, it's a wee bit lesser quality than usual however, you can still hear us speaking rubbish. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Perth Paisley podcast, a podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club. The Jambos defeated their nearest challengers for the already secured third place in the Scottish Premiership at the weekend. And joining me to discuss Hearts' victory at Tannadice against Dundee United is Mr. Daniel McIver. How are we, McIver? I'm doing great. So you can probably tell, listeners, from my voice that something's a bit different because I am ill. I've been ill for about a week now, hating life. So if it sounds like I'm not as enthused about everything, I'm delighted we won. Hooray, well in. But I've just, my vo- I'm going to try my hardest, because obviously I edit this. I've been coughing all week. I'm going to try my hardest to edit out any and all coughing fits. If some slip through, I do apologise. But apart from that, I'm doing great. How are you, Adam? <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, all these was like, yeah, I'm not too bad, thanks, mate. What about yourself? But it's difficult for the life story. Yeah, it's um, you're you're obviously not long recovered from the old Billy Ray as well. Is this you getting your getting it all in the one go? And this is the thing, I don't know what it is, but it, whatever it is has hit me far harder than COVID hit me because I was like I first because this is going out on Wednesday, obviously, it will then be a full calendar week that I first got ill, and I had to stop working, and I slept from like 11 in the morning to like 7 at night, and then was awake for a few hours, then just slept again all the way through, so loving it. pattern is gone. Yeah. Ideal, mate. That's that's just what you're after. My heart's won, so come on, in a meaningless game. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if Hearts running a meaningless game is priority in your priority pile, then that's that that speaks volumes about yeah. where you're at. Um, <laughs> we're going to touch on Hearts' victory uh, in the city of Discovery. However, before we do so, we're going to go around the grounds as we usually do. Um, on Saturday, we had Rangers who, in their Europa League quest, uh, had their fixture away to Motherwell move forward, um, and they won three one at Fur Park, despite going down to ten men after about half an hour. Um, a sensational clash at Pitodre saw Aberdeen lose to Livingston. Um, brilliant stuff. A 2-1 victory for the Lions. Uh, with David Martindale not even on the touchline, and neither was Marvin Bartley. Um, so it was a great laugh to see their first-team coach take matters on. Uh, we had Hibernian winning 1-0 in Paisley uh, under caretaker manager David Gray. Nobody cares about that. More on hips later. Um, and uh, the final Saturday match saw a Tayside derby. I get quite a bit of stick for saying a Tayside derby on, on Twitter. Dundee fans don't like that. St Johnston fans like it because otherwise their club's fairly meaningless. Uh, but that ended what a piece uh, after Sean Rooney had levelled matters for the Saints at Dens. The Sunday fixtures, obviously there was initially meant to be three, there was only two. Uh, Celtic won 2-0 up in Dingwall, called that greatly for who scored, you're all welcome. Uh, and Hearts managed to defeat Dundee United 3-2 at Tannadice, like I say. Um, what was your thoughts on the other quintet, McIver? Uh, so the first one, because for me it was the most exciting one, Aberdeen-Livingston. I... <laughs> Max Stryak and Bezzy decided to reenact Chris Rock and Will Smith with Max Stryak being Will Smith in the situation. I have no idea how he didn't get in. Bezzy gets booked for that. Can, can I just say, I, I saw that there was maybe like some sort of, I don't know, I don't know if the compliance officer is getting involved. Has Max Stryak been banned at all? He's been given a two-game ban. That's disappointing because it was quite funny. It was, it was good patter. It was something. What's a two-game ban, though? Surely you should get a season game ban, considering there's only four games left. Like, because it, it's not even like a, it's not even like a challenge where it's like, oh, listen, you can kind of he's going for the ball. He's just punched a guy in the face for no reason. You should get more than a two-game ban for that. 
He should, but then I just feel as though the SPFL have just given up on proceedings at this point. It's like four games. It's too late in the season. Nobody really gives a shit, do they? Like, had this happened in, say, October, November, we could be looking at a a lengthier ban, but nobody really cares. And what's like a couple couple grand in terms of finishing seventh or eighth? I don't don't know the prize money figures off the top of my head. I think to Livingston, it would be pretty big, though. Depending on where they finish. Maybe. Well, um, it's yeah. funny though. It's funny that Aberdeen just keep getting beat. They Fantastic. might get relegated. Big Jimbo's won one in charge so far. I notice how Stephen Robinson, this gets brought up about St Mirren all the time, yet nobody's pointed out that the man he succeeded is doing equally terribly. I think it's because, I think it's because Jim Goodwin was doing very well at St Mirren and clearly once he has his own players in at Aberdeen, He'll probably and maybe do better. Whereas Stephen yeah, Robinson just had to Devil take and over. And Emmanuel Thomas, he's sort of got that yeah. leeway. It's like, and Scott Brown's another where it's just like, clearly, out the door. Don't want any association with Aberdeen him. are a club in transition. That squad St Mirren have is like the best they can get. You can't get better than that for St Mirren. So Stephen Robinson just had to do what, like, the bare minimum. It's like just keep keep us doing what we're doing. And in reality, he has made them plummet off a cliff. Because I think Jamie McGrath was a big loss as well, to be fair. Like, I see them true. talking about like a lack of creativity, and I thought Jordan Jones was a decent signing, but I don't know. I just feel as though they need somebody else in the middle of the park. If it wasn't McGrath, it was probably Ronan. If Ronan doesn't step forward, then it's nobody. Well, this is what I was saying. I said this a couple of months ago that I didn't think St Johnston would finish 11th. And with four games left, I still don't think St Johnston will finish 11th. No? I think either... What, what are they buying? Five, five points? Five there? points with 12 to play. Oh, it's heating up, don't it? Like, yeah. this, this is... Aberdeen could get dragged in as well. That would just be... That's what I'm saying. It'll either tremendous. be Aberdeen or St Mirren because they're on tied points. So it's only five points between both of them. And but then Aberdeen host Dundee at the weekend and they'll probably win that. Like, Aye, but they've got to all play each other. So that's the thing, like, if St Johnston then beat Aberdeen... And I think it's St Johnston and St Mirren as well. If, I think so. But St Mirren, I think, could... I actually think St Mirren will probably finish 11th because I can't see where they're getting any points from under Robinson. Like, they just seem to be a complete calamity. Um, I think, they don't even score goals. No, I mean, they do nothing. No. They do absolutely nothing. I think cool. the world, well, more maybe Scottish football... We're all St Johnston fans at the weekend as nobody wanted to see Mark McGee take his clothes off. Um, <laughs> did you see, by the way, he said after the game that all the power I wonder you were going with that. Did you see that he said it all worked? He was like... Yeah, this this mind game master plan. He's like, it worked because we got a draw. To like, be fair, I mean, Dundee, they'll be laughing with the whole PR stint. I mean, they've between that and Charlie Adams' dive, I mean, I don't think there's been a busier week in Dundee. This is the thing, right? See, when Mark McGee said all that part, I said on Twitter, and a lot of Hearts fans liked and shared it. But I think it is valid. Well, like, if Cathro, Stendhal, Maloney had said anything like that, all the big media people would have been taking the piss out of him, being like, see, this is proof he doesn't know. But when Mark McGee does it, it's it's Mark McGee. He's just, oh, it's just being funny what a character he is. Fuck off. He's going to get them relegated, and they're shit. And I'm is that just because it. he's been in, involved in like the Scotland? Yeah, he's just a boys. It's just a boys yeah. club. That's all it is. And if somebody who comes in who isn't a part of that emerges, they're like, right, do everything we can to condemn them. Strachan's mate. So it's, yeah, exactly. it, it's allowed. Um, and then the Sunday games, obviously, County Celtic, very disappointing. And then Yogo scored a header that should get you relegated automatically if you can see that he dirty him. He's about five foot two. Um, I didn't see Jota's goal, but I saw his celebration where he just kind of grabs a steward and he's buzzing with the steward and the steward doesn't really know what to do. Oh, they, they love an over-the-top celebration, don't they? But they're yeah. chasing down the title. Oh, shut up. Um, I, I wanted to also touch on going around the grounds. The game of the Scottish football weekend was on Friday night at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock taking on our broth, the championship title decider effectively. The whole country, everybody wanting Kilmarnock to fail. And they grabbed the 90th minute winner to seal the return to the Premiership. Some way to do it, like. If you go to day, get a 90th minute winner and your goal scorer runs and first thing he does is jump into the mascot's arms. 
That being said, Kelly Ware rank that first half. My goodness gracious me. I think they're going to get relegated next season. I don't think they will because of their gaffer, but I can't see... True. Like True. I, I just feel as though the Kilmarnock rebuild will be interesting. I'm surprised that McInnes hasn't... Well, uh, again, this is just me reading for the, within the lines, but I'm surprised that he's not chucked his hat in the ring for the, the Hibs gig. Um, yeah, that's true. I don't know. He, uh, they, he's exactly what they need. In, in my Let's opinion. speak about that. Because I might, this I might happened get, after I might get, we... I might get slight for that. I also wanted to say that, um, obviously, Kelly Hearts had already won League 2 and their gaffer's been linked with the Hibs job. But League 1 was won at the weekend by Cove Rangers, Sir Paul Hartley. What a man. Fantastic. Well done, Sir Paul. I do like, like Cove, but yeah, I like Paul Hartley. Cole, but yeah. we, like, we like Sir Paul, so well done. Well then. Uh, right, the Hibs job. You wanted to, to touch on that, sorry. Fucking, so we we record last week. All right, right. Got everything sorted. Got to back us out early, so this yeah. will be great. Exactly. We won't miss anything. It doesn't matter. And then we wake up Tuesday morning. Oh, they've actually sacked them. Remember the week before I said as a joke that if we beat them in the semi-final, I think they'll sack them. I said it as a joke. Ron Gordon's a listener to us. He takes whatever I, I say. Hi, Ron McCon. Stay at Hibernian for as long as you can. Oh, like, listen, <laughs> obviously, we're Hearts fans, so we have a very different view to it from a lot of people. And people will, whatever we say, will accuse us of being biased or disingenuous and stuff like that. I think Sean Maloney should have stayed at Hibs for a long time, both for because I think we would beat them all the time whenever he's there, <laughs> but secondly, and a genuine football point, you cannot employ a guy for his first job, give him four months in a January window where he loses his best player and then go, nah, it's no worked. Because otherwise, why appoint him in the first place? 19 games. It's mental. I know, I know we did badly form. in those 19 games, yeah. right? I know the league form is poor, but again, like, there's two ways to look at this, I think, because had Sean Maloney been a more experienced manager, he'd have probably known that his style can wait till the summer when he's got that full transfer window and an overhaul can commence. He's still got to get results in the meantime and ultimately scrape through a couple cup games. I mean, we alluded to Cove Rangers earlier. They've just won League One. Hibs took till extra time to get the better of them at Easter Road and only did so 1-0. Um, the Arbroath wins probably their most impressive under Maloney, really, mm-hmm. like all things considered. Um, probably the Motherwell game. But but was it? Because Motherwell went down to oh, 10. Oh, they went down to 10 well, then, the minute so, I. Yeah, yeah I so, I, I mean, in, in terms of like where you could see a potential banana skin, like our both sort of quietly tipped within that round to get the better hibs at Gayfield and didn't. Um, so I just feel as though it, I don't know. He had to get results, but similarly, he's got to wait to implement the playing style and he's got to be back in the summer. And neither, like, it, none of these things happened, none of the stars aligned, and it ultimately produced. Ultimately proved to be even Jesus a managerial disaster class. Also, right, I do get what you mean when it's like listen, he needs to get results. But let's be honest with ourselves. No matter how many Hearts fans like to take the piss out of it, they weren't going to get relegated, right? They weren't no. going to. So why not just write the season off and go right? Listen, this was a failure. Didn't work. Jack Ross was a disaster in the first half. He said, though, was it really that bad considering he'd got them to the League Cup final? No, of course not. And John Maloney said, I was brought in and we were in seventh. Well, by that logic, what if they were happy with seventh, they wouldn't have made the change. You were meant to come in and ascend them up that league table and didn't. Of course, but that isn't his fault. He shouldn't have had that responsibility put on him for his first job. I don't know. I, look, the, the Hibs job as a as a first job was a, a big job to get anyway. It's the same with Cathro and Hart. Yeah, like it's a job that's too big for someone's first job. I only, totally agree with that. Only, only Nielsen has proved otherwise in 2014 when Nielsen took over us and that was his first job. However, he had been coaching in the under 16s and 18s. I was, was going to say exactly that, but then you look at Maloney and Cathro's CVs, which were equally impressive for learning under yeah. some, some 
top managers. Yeah, so only Nielsen I can think of as an example of someone who just came into their first senior job and smashed it. Everybody else you need to build up somewhere, and no disrespect to other teams, but Hearts and Hibs are arguably the third and fourth biggest jobs in the country. You can't just expect to go in. And I mean that, I don't mean that at Maloney, I mean that at Ron Gordon and Ben Kensell. Obviously, this isn't a Hibs podcast, so I'm not but I'm not bothered by it. I'm delighted they're in such a bampot oh, situation. It's fantastic. Right? It's He's class. the American lad, isn't he? 100%. Yeah, but without any of the positives for them. We at least got a few Scottish <laughs> Cup wins out yet and got to see but, Takis Fisas and Edgaris Jankowskis. But with like all the mentalness. Yeah. Imagine Hibs just, imagine he just chucks like mega dough at it and they sign like 70 plus players on the books like we once had. That would be fantastic. Especially if the rumoured person to get the job gets let's, the job. Let's talk about the contenders because like we're going to come on to our match, but this, like we're in a bit of a... Our games mean nothing. Yeah. So we're just going to chat about anything and everything in the, the weird and wacky world of Scottish football. And speaking of weird and wacky, we could have another man entering the cinch as Roy Keane appears to be the front runner for the Hibernian manager position. Um, I, I was also going to look at some other runners and riders. So I've just loaded up a site, bettingodds.com. Uh, you've got Roy Keane at even money now as we as we record, obviously. Um, who whose last job was at Ipswich Town departed the 7th of January 2011. I know that he's been coaching, you know, elsewhere. I think he's been assistant to Martin he's been assistant at at Villa, Republic of Ireland, Forest like Villa, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, you've then got Kevin Thompson, Malky Mackay at 12 to 1, uh, managers of Kelty Hearts and Ross County, respectively, of course. Derek McInnes, who I alluded to earlier, is tied at 14 to 1, as likely to get the job apparently as James McPake and David Gray. You've then got Jonathan Woodgate at 16 to 1, Steve Keane, who's obviously at Hibs. Was he the academy director or something like that? Summer, but please give it to Steve Keane. I would, mate, he's, he's my contender. 20 to really? 1. As likely as Neil Lennon, right. <laughs> who is, of course, managing over in Cyprus. So, what do you make of that list? Then it goes into the, just the unrealistic. Aye, the mental ones. Um, so, right. we don't care about that. Neil Lennon is not coming back to Hibs. We can get rid of that immediately. I would love it if Steve Keane was given the job. That would be so funny because he would. they might get relegated under Steve Keane. But I think David Gray is taking charge for the remainder of the season. So, they're going to start afresh. Oh, no. I mean, next season. If they give yeah, it to Steve oh, Keane, they'll get relegated still, next there's season. There's still that chance. I'm just saying it's more likely now, but. Yeah, no, I'm, not, I'm not ruling it out. I would love it if they gave it to McPake because that would be so funny. It would be. I terrible. actually quite like listening to James McPake in the media. I know it sounds terrible as a Hearts fan to say. I've but never really heard him. I've no, never no, really liked him. Um, I don't think they'll give it to David Gray. I think he will eventually be Hibs manager in in years to come. But I think just now, again, like what I'm saying, I know he's he basically going to get his badges and then go elsewhere. So yeah, I yeah. yeah. I think he will, personally. I, I know you're sort of touching on the hip job here, but who do you think is the most likely in our current squad to become a gaffer? Gordon. CG? Or, mm, I don't actually know if that's true. He might become a coach. I can see, like, Kingsley Michael being a gaffer. Smith is like a gaffer. Nah, I see him as a punditry guy. Because he's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I see. Um, I don't think they'll give it to Malky Mackay for obvious reasons. I think it would be a PR disaster if they did. And I think Hibs, aren't, Hibs aren't daft enough to give it to Malky Mackay. No. I but, don't... No. Maybe. Ron Gordon <laughs> might be. Surely. Yeah, Ron might be. But I'm sure have loads of advisors going, absolutely yeah, not. Surely. I don't think Kevin Thompson would be giving it because I think a lot of Hibs fans wouldn't go to the club if he was... I think he'd be daft to leave Kelty as well. So do I. I hate Kelty with a passion, but I, know you I, do. I, I think you would be stupid to leave it. But I think Hibs fans would really rebel against Thompson getting it because they hate him now. The, the beauty of this is there is no correct answer. Unless they get that Knutson, which they have no, no chance. chance in doing. No chance. <laughs> he, no way. It's going to be a disaster in some way, shape, or form. But I hope, I hope it's Roy Keane for three reasons. One, because I don't think it would work very well. Two, it would be the most entertaining choice, absolutely. Oh. And three, 
Yeah, and this is the main one because my dad and brother are Man United fans, and it might oh, break them I mentally if that. However, if he went to Hibs and they were and he made them even worse, I think they would love him more. Oh, because <laughs> they give God status. Yeah, but yeah, I hope they give it to Roy Keane, but I don't think they will. I don't think I was watching. Funnily enough, last week. Carragher and Keane did a thing with Lad Bible, and Keane in it says that he's done with management now. He's just focusing on punditry. Now, obviously, if the actual offer comes in, you might change your mind. Yeah. I, I feel as though this was the case even, was it not like even sort of the Celtic job when it was touted and yeah. like, like, he was linked with us when Levine left. It seemed as though like stuff like this would break. And then he sort of would display an interest and then it kind of fall away again. It's it's weird. Well, he's evens there. You just said he's evens, right? Apparently, mm. they're just going down to London this week to start speaking with them. They haven't even, like, formally approached them or anything yet. I did see somebody sent into a, a group chat of mine some kind of odds. I think it was Paddy Power were just going absolutely nuts with kind of Roy Keane and potentially being named at Hibs. I'm going to fire them up here. Uh, just because some of them did make me laugh, I've got to be honest. Um, so I had a variety of different stuff, like Roy Keane to win a trophy at Hibs, three to one. Uh, Robbie Keane to join Roy Keane at Hibs as assistant, eight to one. Hibs to be relegated next season, sixteen to one. And Mika Richards to join Roy Keane at Hibs as his assistant. Have a guess to the price. I mean, it should be like a thousand to one, but it's going to be like 50 to one or something. 50 to one's bang on. Fucking <laughs> hell. We've gone down to six to four, but interesting. Right, let, let's speak about hearts because I'm yeah. done with this now. Hopefully yeah. Roy Keane gets it and next season they finish bottom of the week. Nice. Um, <laughs> swift way to, to move on. Um I was going to touch on the United game first and foremost that you, that you kind of said there, but there was also a story that broke last week. I think we're sort of in this stage now where, kind of like the championship, where our season's effectively done and we're sort of looking to nail down a transfer target or two for kind of next season. That obviously worked dividends this season, what with us wrapping the championship title up early last season. Um, but a player that we've displayed an interest in, along with our weekend opponents, is Alan Forrest. The Livingston winger is out of contract in the summer. Uh, he knocked back a move to St. Johnston in January, if my memory serves me. Yeah. Um, what's, uh, what's your thoughts? Because we haven't really found anybody to compliment Barry Mackay on, on the other side, have we? I mean, we'll touch on somebody that performed really well at Tannadice, but other than that, it's proved that something of a problem position for Hearts, McIver. Yeah, definitely, and I want to speak about the person I assume you're hinting at there later on. So in terms of a signing, I think there's been an air slightly of snobbishness about Alan Forrest. Now, listen, I'm not going to sit here and try and pretend I know everything about Alan Forrest because I don't. I know he's the brother of James and plays for Livingston as a winger. That's kind of... I, I know that the, the Forrest family stayed down in Presswick, which is literally about a five-minute drive from me. Yeah, of course. Um, and obviously he broke through the Air Academy when James was snapped up by, by Celtic and whatever, but that's that's about it. <laughs> well, the other main thing I know is that he's done quite well, and out yes. with Bruce, Bruce Anderson seems to be one of Livy's best players this season. I know that um, Jason Holt's done really, really well. Nicky Devlin seems to have done well. Max Stryx tried to form a new career in boxing, so I hope that goes well for him. But Alan Forrest seems to have done pretty well. I think he's got like six goals and seven assists or something like that this season. Not it's bad like, return, considering yeah, six. Exactly. I oh, think yeah, Alan Forrest, yeah, Alan Forrest would be brought in as a squad player. We are going, uh, however, on the same breath is that as you say we haven't actually found anyone good enough to re- to have on the other side so maybe he would come in as starter but i imagine that summer, anyway yeah exactly 
we need a bigger squad for next season because we're going to be playing in Europe until December. That still hasn't yeah, probably again. hit me Some yet. Louder for those <laughs> in the back. Come um, on! It's probably not going to hit me until we actually are playing in it next season. And know that draw. You know when like the papers will tweet out Europa League draw live. Yeah. Find out who hearts get <laughs> the playoff answer. Oh, yeah, that's when it's probably going to hit. But we, I think we currently have a squad of 17. We have the smallest squad in the top flight. Robbie has said he wants to move that up to really? around 21, 22. Yeah. I didn't and, know that. Because that doesn't include young players. So that doesn't include like Mackenzie Kirk, Aidan Denham, Tate. Established professionals. Yeah, like signed contract player. Yeah. We have a squad of 17. Wow. And considering that a couple of them are loanees, I could think of three or four off the top of my head. Yeah, exactly. Four. So... Robbie has said that he wants us to get a bigger squad. I think Alan Forrest, on a free, his wages won't be ridiculous. He's got a pretty decent return. Like, I think we'd be daft for not at least offering him something. I mean, I I was going to say, would you prefer him or Reagan Charles Cook? We'd probably prefer Reagan Charles Cook. Yeah, of course. Would would you turn your nose up at both? I I would actually be happiest if we got both. Yeah? Yeah. I would, obviously, if someone went, you can't get. You can only get one of them. I'd pick Reagan Charles Cook, and if Reagan Charles Cook was made, if he was made unavailable, I would obviously want to go for Alan Forrest. But genuinely, if we, because they're both available on freeze again, they're at Ross County and Livingston, so surely their wages aren't that but that much. We could offer them like lower wages, but like you'll literally be playing in the Europa League. I'd, just love to see what, I'd love to see what like Reagan Charles Cook and his agent will say if he goes on to seal the golden boot in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, like, well, my clients just bagged the most league goals of anyone, so you better add a couple of zeros. Yeah, that's um, true. but yeah, I'd like him. I'd I'd be happy with him. Nice. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm all for it. I think the kind of snobbery everybody seemed to forget that one of our outstanding performers this season was signed from Livingston, and it's, it's been you know. Just saying, it's proved a, a pretty decent signing, certainly this season. If we only signed players from teams that are bigger than us, we would have Benny and Gordon. That's it. They would be the two players that we have. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Hearts should be able, like, if we're talking about this sort of gap that's going to emerge, Hearts should be able to cherry pick the best of the rest. From yeah. the Scottish Premiership, and get even if it's just as a stepping stone, exactly. But I don't know. I, I've I've always been a fan, and we talked about Derek McInnes earlier. That was his route: was Premiership proven players come in, do a job, sell them on, see you later. Exactly, fully on board. Yeah. So there you go. Um, yeah, and of course, one of the other clubs, like I say, that was displaying an interest in Alan Forrest was Dundee United, who we took on at Tannadice. Uh, on Sunday afternoon. Robbie Nielsen would make four changes um, as the Jambos continued their fine recent run against United. We've not lost to Dundee United since 2016, and I know that the clubs bypassed one another, but that's still pretty impressive, and we've taken, what, 10 points out of 12 in the four league games against them this season? That is really impressive, actually. Um, I, I would like, by the way, to commission a vote to get this fixture played once a month forever. Because it's the best games ever. This was my favourite game of the season. Get it on the box. Yeah, 100%. I wasn't even there. And it was my favourite game of the season that, that meant nothing. Yeah, it was I. Uh, sadly, I was working, but I was getting the updates and whatever. And I did fire up. Well, don't want to say this. Yeah, I, I managed to see the match on the laptop at work. Yeah, definitely didn't use an illegal service. Yeah. No, definitely not. Really subtle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know when you just dig yourself a hole but yeah there's no getting out um, yeah right nice uh, <laughs> four changes like I said for hearts um, obviously we're like the walking wounded these days um, Craig Halkett Stephen Kingsley and Andy Halliday the latest plethora of players to hop onto the hearts treatment table Ellis Sims sat amongst the substitutes and that with a knock with a knock, um, but <laughs> that quartet was replaced by Taylor Moore, uh, Gary McKay, Stephen, Aaron McInniff, and Josh Janelli, which meant that Hearts lined up as follows: Craig Gordon in goal, back three of Toby Civic, Taylor Moore, and Alex Cochran, uh, Natty Atkinson and Gary McKay, Stephen were at right and wing, right and left wing back respectively. He had Aaron McInniff joining Peter Haring in the middle of the park, 
with Barry Mackay and Josh Ginelli supporting Liam Boyce in attack. Uh, what did you make of it once you'd seen the quartet of changes, mate? I was confused, as I often am when I see a Hearts team. Formation. I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah. that's a 4-2-3-1. And then Barry Anson went, nope, it's a 3-4-3. Three, three. I was like, oh, is it? Oh, okay, how? It's like Alex Cochran's playing at a position left at a half. GMS is doing this weird thing where he plays left wing back. And see, I think for most of that game, Gino was through the middle inst- and Boyce and Mackay were behind him. What, what did you say you thought it was? Sorry. I thought it was a 4 2 3 1. Yeah, with like either Gary Mackay, Stephen, or Barry Mackay playing centrally. Yeah. yeah. So did I. And then it's only then when, like you say, there was talk of like, I forgot that Gary Mackay, Stephen just. Proclaim, uh, proclaim the fact that he wants to play at left wing back like a couple months back against Livy in the Cup he's obviously been out injured since having picked up an injury at the last trip to Tanadice yeah. and now he comes back in and we're just like oh you you could play here see it as it's like meaningless games now is the time to experiment so in you come guys weird one yeah exactly and I think it was for me the biggest I don't want to say the, the most important thing for me because obviously it's still a game of league football that does technically count towards points. But there was two things for me. I was like, no one get hurt. If that was the case, I would view the day as a success. Within 15 minutes, the day was not a success. And secondly, I was really interested to see how the defence lined up. Whether or not it was a three or a five, whatever you want to call it, or a four, which it finished in. The last 15 minutes was a four. Because that, to be honest, with ourselves is our entire second string because if we play a four our four would be Kingsley left back Smith right back Suter and Halkett whereas the four that finished the game was Cochrane, Atkinson, Sibic and Moore and I think generally they did all right they actually had I thought Cochrane and Atkinson especially were amazing. It speaks volumes about the backup brigade now that were actually not that fear. And the fact that, obviously, we've secured that league position. But these players, it's great having players actually want to play because they want a place in the cup final team. How how many times have we seen in recent seasons wasters just come collect their money and then piss off? It, what speaks volumes about the squad is that everybody can come on in and do a job. And we've, we've looked no weaker. That's why we've been consistently the third best team in the country because we've managed to just swap like for like um, and we've not really been affected. However, I say this... We were shite for the first 10 minutes. Terrible. Could have been behind after a minute. Um, it's fair to say it was a disastrous start. As Dylan Levitt's corner is headed towards Nicky Clark, which I found weird because Ross Graham is literally... Inside the six-yard box with the goal is wake, opts to head to his teammate, and United pass up a glorious chance after about 30, 40 seconds. What, uh, what was your reaction to that? I just think he forgot he was an attacking player in that instance and was like, <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm a defender, I'll get rid of this. Because I don't think it is a I don't think it's a header to Nicky Clark. I think he's fucked it and it's nicely ended up at Nicky Clark. I think he's just Probably. absolutely sclaffed that chance. Absolute 50p heat. Um, However, the young man that took took the corner, I should say, uh, was Dylan Levitt, and he would open the scoring after a pretty nice goal. I clapped it. (laughs) Wow. We're just in this meaningless, don't give a shit phase. Yeah, I was like, fair play, mate. That's some goal. Day again. Um, If I talk you through it, I mean, Tony Watt flashes one across goal. Nicky Clark looks to stab home, but Gordon denies him with a great save. Um, Ilmari Niskanen gathers finds Tony Watt who just centres for Dylan Levitt nutmegs Peter Haring just slaloms slips inside Alex Cochran is left for dead uh, and the young Welshman coolly slots past Scotland's number one he's a player that is obviously on loan from Manchester United first and foremost but his United deal actually ends uh, this summer Um, 21 years old Full Welsh international haven't been named in the senior squad. I know that Ben Woodburn also has, but we can look beyond that. Um, what uh, what did you think? Would you be quite tempted to to try and tempt the 21-year-old to swap uh, Tanadice for Tynecastle, MacIver? I dare can, because it's the area that we're quite good in. 
Like the middle of the park, the points, isn't, isn't it? Yeah, I like exactly the same because he's a player that I've watched a couple of times, and every time I, I think he's very good, particularly for how, how young he is. Doesn't surprise yeah. me that he's got a contract with United. It's only jokers like Joe Pereira that I was surprised at a contract at United. But it's such it's such a good goal. Like he's so calm, he's so measured. And yeah, as I say, I was just, yeah, I was just like, oh. I wanted to see him do it again. I was just like, go and do it, just. Run the show the day because I want to be entertained, and then <laughs> I wasn't. Take everybody else on. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I just thought it was class, and there's nothing Gordon could do about it at all. But weirdly, in my opinion, kind of in the minutes following that, United stepped back, and then for the rest of the game we dominated. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter who had done the United fans, and like there was this guy who did done the United analysis. Apparently, that's been a theme. In the opening 10 minutes, often Dundee United have like bullied teams, have been really up in their face, have been really energetic. And then got, TC's just been happy to settle. Yeah, and then he just goes, right, take a step back, and that's allowed teams to come into the game. We've seen that recently. I, I was writing up on United, and they've dropped, they've dropped points from winning positions quite a lot. Because the Dundee derby was another, where 2 0 up against the side bottom of the league, you draw two each. Yeah, it's very weird. Very, very weird. Um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe as a 10, I'd quite like to see us make a move for Dylan. That's Lerner. true. He could play further forward. Yeah. Because, I mean, there he shows his attacking prowess and we need somebody to, like you said, need this bigger squad, another freebie. Don't know, don't know about the wages, mind you. Let me see. Put it this way. I mean, I've seen the Hearts fans say that they'd like to snap up Ben Woodburn if it's the choice between... One Welshman and another on set seemingly astronomical wages. I ain't choosing the Liverpool loan here to that for free. Yeah, um, but like you say, we we actually looked to get back in the game almost instantly. And again, like it's a meaningless fixture for us, the deadest of dead rubbers. But what pleases me is the the application. And there was a ball where Barry Mackay feeds forward uh, for Gary Mackay Stephen, who centres for Liam Boyce. Boyce sort of takes an odd touch, which flicks back to Aaron McInef from outside the box. But that was the only action that the Irishman had because he was hauled off after 15 minutes. And you were just thinking, there's yet another name to tick off the list. Is there fucking blades in the grass at Tanadice or something? That's seven injuries now right. the end of the season. That's right. That last clash, man. Jesus. I felt bad for him, though, because this was like his chance to be like, right, you're starting the game with the pressure's off. There's yeah. no, there's nothing on you. Go for it. And it's something completely out of his control that stops it. And then I was like, oh, Devlin might come on. And then after the game, Robbie's like, Devlin is never going to come on. He's not in a position to. But then Laurie on commentary was like, this Rafi kid is a midfielder. So I was like, right, Robbie, just chuck him on. There's no pressure here. And then Ben Woodburn got kitted and I was like, for the love of God. I know it and means I, nothing, but I'm still worried about this. Yeah, as, as soon as as soon as I had, you know, received word that Ben Woodburn was coming on in the deadest of dead rubbers with no pressure, no application really needed, I thought that's brilliant because Ben Woodburn's True. been doing that all season. So this is effectively us going down to 10 men. That is fantastic. Uh, and we're going to give up all chance of winning this meaningless game. But I hold my hands up. I salute him earlier on because... I'm not going to really get the opportunity to uh, for the rest of this podcast. He was all right, wasn't he? Yeah, that's it. He was <laughs> fine. Like, and that the whole heart support of being like, oh my god, he was all right. Like, that's the biggest compliment you can give to somebody. People loves playing Dundee United. That kid, he you does. Snap him up. Yeah, Gino loves playing against St Johnston. Yeah, and Woodburn loves playing against Dundee United. Favorite opponents. I mean, it should be all the other eleven teams in the league, boys. There's no real. You don't get to cherry pick your kind of favorites to, to play against here. But fair fucks to you for doing so. Um, like, can I just say, I thought that Big Pete, from what I did see, was was pretty decent at you know breaking up play as as he does. Great chance where he sends Barry Mackay off down the left hand side. My midfield magician sends a gorgeous ball the outside of his boot, threw to Liam Boyce on the angle, but he can't divert it past like Benji Seagrist. On um, that, on that, uh-huh. right? That pass is like 
genuinely world class, and he doesn't look like he even is arsed. Like he's just like, oh, I'll just do that. Like as if it's nothing to him. I ca- he's so good. Please don't. It, even even the winning goal. I know we'll get onto it later. The least uh, that's the one thing that I could say. I was up talking about like application is great that they're all playing for cup final places. Barry McKay knows full well he's gonna start, so just doesn't bother. Just wrap me up in cotton wool gaffer, make sure I'm fine because I've got a point to prove against Rangers. And I've never seen him look so slow when coming forward, and everything just sort of breaks his way, he just slips it through. What a wonderful footballer. I want to say oh, there, though, goodness. I thought Haring was man of the match. I, I personally give him man of the match because... Big Pedro. I thought he was great, generally, right? See if you just I've look always at said he's team. an away day player, 100%. I just think he's class all the time. But <laughs> if you just look at what he did, you'd be like, well, everything he did was great, well in Pete. But it's even more impressive... Because we basically said to Haring from the 15th minute till the 90th, it's just you in midfield, mate. <laughs> on you go. Because Woodburn came on and basically played in a 10. Mackay was basically playing. <laughs> he didn't know where he was playing. No, exactly. He lost in the abyss. Yeah. Mackay was basically just allowed to... Mackay just does what he wants. And I don't think anyone complains. Gino was playing up front. Boyce was playing up front. Sims when he came <laughs> on was playing up front. So Haring was told up against a three-man midfield of Tate, uh, Niskanen when he was on, and Liam Smith. Haring, on you go, mate. And you'd oh. think we had the three-man midfield because <laughs> Haring never once looked bothered. I can't remember him losing the ball. He was so controlled, so calm. Please, please sign the deal, Peter. Please. Oh. I, I, I'm just thinking there, just the gaffer. Fair play, just does not give a shit. Just nah. gives everybody their free rolls. So it's always like playing pro clubs. And you know when you, you get like a gang of your mates and everybody like nicks all the striker spots, all yeah. the attacking midfielder spots, and you try and stick to a formation, but it just goes totally... You're playing DM, but you're getting yeah. bored. So you're like, right, I'm going to go up. Take it forward and he's just lost in the box somewhere. Yeah. Oh, man. Brilliant. What a hero. It's like it's like the uh, it's like the county match earlier on in the season, the two each, where we sort of had a formation for a couple of minutes and then just didn't. Yeah, and everybody's off everywhere. It's great. Love I it. love this team. They all just do what they want. It's class. Yeah. Cochrane played about four positions on Saturday and was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll see what I'm like here." Yeah. Oh man, and and like we said, like Mackay. That's one thing. I mean, I praise the gaffer. Embarrassing that he's still not giving me credit for that signing yet. I that's know that he, I know that he wants to, but that's fine, Robbie. I, I can wait. It's all right. Um, <laughs> you know feel well that I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna have that in every single time. That is that is my one outstanding shout. Imagine right eighty episodes. <laughs> imagine if next month. We win the cup 1 0 because Barry Mackay scores. You will oh, be claiming that you have don't. won us the Scottish don't. Cup. See, see the level of arrogance. Like, I've never been an arrogant person. I've always been, I don't know, just sort of quietly confident, humble. The level of arrogance that I would reach, I would go around saying to everybody, basically, basically my signing mate, I basically said to Hearts, look, sign got us the Scottish Cup, lads. We, we, can we even has the podcast, we tweeted out. That it was a slow news day. Any chance of announcing Barry Mackay? And then they did. So you've got the Perth to Paisley podcast, but specifically me to thank. You're all very welcome. Not a problem. Just working on trying to find somebody on the other flank. But patience. Joe Savage, you know my number. Get in touch. Um, no, he doesn't. He does not know your number. It <laughs> doesn't. It doesn't, bitch. Um, yeah. This, this this was just nice because we actually dominated for a good half. I love how at this point we're still technically getting beat, but I was just like, oh, but we're playing well, so who cares about the result? Not asked at all. And that was it. United didn't really create anything. I mean, one of the, one of their best chances was giving us offside, which was the Ryan Edwards header from a Charlie Mulgrew free kick. We then had a speculative Josh Janelli effort being blocked initially, and then he tries some Raj bicycle kick rebound, which Charlie Mulgrew nods away and top-class defending. Um, 
And then, yeah, Hearts just continued to probe for an equaliser. And I think Laurie sort of summed it up really well in his commentary when it's they, he and Rob were talking about United were the only ones with anything to really play for here. But that did not look the case whatsoever. Um, again, I don't know if this is just because we've got the cup final on the horizon and everybody's desperate to, to play a part. But uh, Hearts obviously would then equalise before the half, uh, countering after Tony Watts' cross is gathered by, by Craig Gordon. Josh Janelli just slips away from Ross Graham, seems to hesitate after he enters the box, uses his pace to, to fly away. Atkinson and Woodburn. Atkinson's up on the overlap. They play a one-two. He then centres. I mean, if you're looking for a right-back from Australia, we've got one. Centres for Liam Boyce to fall into the ball. Punches it in. Yeah, he forwards with his chest. No. Um, and it's it's one apiece. Now, before I get your thoughts on this goal, we'd mentioned Liam Boyce's disaster class uh, at Hamden Park um, and the elite mentality that he has of he was shite, but he doesn't care because that's it done. And he firmly puts this to the back of his mind and is uh, back in amongst the goals. Well done, Boyce, my man. I thought he also was really good on Saturday in general, especially, and again, you just notice it in that last 20 minutes when Sims came on. He just becomes a different player when Sims is on the park. But in So the much se- freedom, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But in the 70 minutes beforehand, I thought he was really energetic. He was creating runs. He was diverting channels. I thought he did really, really well. His goal is fortunate. I genuinely do think he just punches it into the net. And I think if this was this time next season, it would be disallowed. But for me, I want to speak about Atkinson because I thought he was one of our best players on Saturday. He is so good going for why is he a right back? He should be a right winger. So this today, as we're recording, there's been another one of those what's your unpopular opinion about hearts type of tweets. And hearts, though. These always go down really well. Yeah, he said. Mine did actually. I couldn't believe it. It's been like the only time ever. I've had a tweet that has been universally supported by Hearts Twitter. What was it again? I was like, when when Liam Boyce plays well, Hearts play well. When Liam Boyce plays poorly, Hearts play poorly. He's our most important player in terms of the outfield for the system that we're working in. So, yeah, I just think Hearts, though, said today that Smith is probably going to be back for the cup final. And that creates an amazing possibility that we can play a 4-2-3-1 with Smith as right back and then a three of Mackay, Boyce and Atkinson behind Sims. So Atkinson never needs to worry about defending because he's got Smith behind him who will do it all and he can just focus on getting assists. Hmm. That's class. Yeah, there's a thought. Harry and Devlin is the two. But then I'm thinking you're probably dropping one of Kingsley or Cochrane at left on the left, aren't you? Because no. you'd be going, Oh no, are you saying Halkett, Kingsley, Cochrane is the rest of your back four? No, Suter, Kingsley, Cochrane, because I don't think Halkett's going to yeah, make it. going to make it. No. Okay. Um, interesting. But of course, we're talking about all these players, and three of our players decided to get in one another's way prior to half time before no. Atkinson eventually blazes over. No, what actually happens is Atkinson and Boyce are like doing something and Ben Woodburn's bored and is like, I'm not involved in this and just runs and tackles them both. I'm trying to be nice to the guy. I slew him every week. Honestly. I I will drive him back down the road. I will. I'll do it free of charge. Sick of him. Yeah. This was meant to be his day. And it was. <laughs> oh, I mean, we've had many an underwhelming Loney. He's got to be right up there. Yeah. Right up there. Yeah. I just, <laughs> like, it says so much how po- complimentary so many people were because he put in like a six out of 10 performance. And it was like, it's better than a three. It is doubled his usual level. It's like, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of talking about him. Let's move on. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're back on level terms, obviously, going into the half. But 
I don't know. I, I feel as though United started the second half the stronger, despite not really doing anything in the first. Scott McMahon sort of robbed Atkinson, and he, after a poor poor ball from Ben Woodburn, shot corner, um, and looks to to test Gordon from a tight angle. Hearts concede the corner, but then from there on in, I suppose that was all United really did. Why? Why is it that they seem to get off to such a good start and then just fall away? Because like we've had a, another couple of chances here. Like Gino hits the woodwork. Um. He tries luck after Ben Woodburn's long balls recovered by Boyce. Uh, and then he and Cochrane link up down the left, but he drags one kind of harmlessly wide in the end. Like, really, really odd game, considering like like we've alluded to numerous times now, United were the ones that need the points. I loved it. It was like a basketball game. Like, it was just end-to-end constantly, and nobody really knew what was going on. It was just doing <laughs> random stuff. Like, it didn't really feel like a team game. It felt like an individual game. But, like, individuals were just like, oh, I'm just going to day something now, see what happens. Speaking of doing something now, Alex Cochran, I mean, wow, my goodness. I thought it was Stephen Kingsley was the only one that was able to play a left-footed pass out of defence. What a wonderful ball. Um, of course, they, they link up Cochran and Ginelli once again. Uh, Gino takes a decent first touch, actually, guides it past the on-rushing Benji Segrist, who... Sort of looks to get a wee touch on it, but he coolly converts into an empty net after rounding the Swiss shot stopper. And like I say, he had numerous chances. One first half where he's denied by a brilliant block with Charlie Mulgrew, hits the woodwork in the second, drags one wide, but kept persisting and uh, managed to put us ahead at Tannadice. He was re- he deserved a goal. It's probably one of his best performances of the season. Um, it just it was a performance that was that was equal parts great and equal parts infuriating because it was like why can't you do this consistently I know he's a winger and wingers are inconsistent basically as part of the contract but Barry Mackay's technically a winger and like is consistently great so and obviously it's just because bluntly Barry Mackay's a much better football player but that from Gino did sum up. It was like he's using his pace correctly. He's getting in behind. He's taking guys on. He's wanting the ball. He's looking confident. And I know that this Saturday, if he plays against Ross County, he won't be. And I'm like, keep trust. Please keep that consistency. But it was a really well taken goal, as you say. His first touch is fantastic. The ball from Cochrane is incredible. Like yeah. I, Really, at the time, see the angle behind the goal, and it's an absolute yeah, pinpoint. At, at the time, I was like, "Oh, that's a really good ball." And then when you see it again, it's like, "Oh, that's an excellent pass." It's Inch weighted perfect. perfectly, yeah. yeah. So I was delighted for both of them. But it's like, do you know, go and just keep doing this, please. Do you know, looked a lot more menacing on the left than he did on the right. I felt, and I don't know whether that's because he's up against a young wing back in Kieran Freeman, who's a, a decent player. Don't get me wrong, but. I don't know, maybe maybe that change of opponent. And Robbie likes to do that with wingers where he doesn't feel as though one's having a particularly good game. But once that flexibility, we are the two switch over. I mean, Barry Mackay and Josh Janelli have been the prime example of it. I can think of the St. Mirren match, eh, not St. Mirren, the St. Johnston match in particular, I think, where if it's not working, he wants to change it up and we seem to reap the benefits from it once it does. But Janelli's a weird one for me because when I watch him, I'm never confident when I see him down the flank because I always think his cross is going to be poor or that he doesn't take on his man. Mm-hmm. But yet when I see him through the middle, he uses his pace to get in behind really well. He can finish. We've seen that he can finish on multiple occasions. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not overly convinced if he is a winger or not. I really don't know. I feel as though he is better suited to being a centre forward, but he's... He's not a prolific goal scorer, but then again, he is at heart. So, I don't but know. It's is, funny. Is that not him played technically three games this season where he's played through the middle? St. Johnson away, St. Johnson at home, Dundee United away, and he's scored at least one in every game. Like I say, I, you just need a bit of pace in this league. Really? Which is his main attribute. Yeah. And the rest, surely then we can develop. And I don't, I don't know. It's a, it's a curious case with Josh Janelli. I don't know. Is he a winner? Yeah, we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, United 
look to then get back on level terms. This time, obviously, having to come from behind, having previously led. Uh, and Ryan Edwards pulls one back from range, just as he did in the 5-2. Gets it out his feet, actually moves the ball like he's Dylan Levitt in the early part, just shifts shifts on, uh, strikes one from range. <laughs> what can we do to prevent that? Nothing. I think it's a great goal. You just think it's a great strike? Yeah, Boyce goes and shuts him down, but he set, he sells the dummy really well. So Boyce commits to that, and then it creates him that extra yard of space. Cochrane tries his hardest to get out to it, but he's picking up another man, so it's not really his job. And as a result, it short-sights Gordon slightly, who even is at full stretch and it's in the corner. Again, I just love playing Dundee United. Like, every game is class. And when they scored, I'll be honest, I was like, I want there to be a winner in this game, but I don't care who it is. So I was like, Dundee United, if you want it, have it. But I just don't want this to finish too all. I want there to be a winner. And fortunately, sort of, it was Hearts that would grab that winner. I'm with you. I, I quite like seeing United back in the top. They are a yeah. top six club for me, 100%. I like Tam Courtney's weird Kirkcaldy, not Kirkcaldy yeah. voice. I like Tam. Dundee's a great away away trip. Um, I mean, I despise Dundee football club, so it'll be great to see them relegated. And there really is only one team in that city, just like in Edinburgh. Um, and yeah, it's the Edinburgh big boys that we're talking about. And speaking of big boys, substitute Ella Sims off the bench. Fantastic. Um, because I don't really know what else there is to say about this goal other than your mate, Peter Haring, wins the ball back on the edge of the area. Gives it on to Barry Mackay, like I alluded to earlier, effortlessly just wanders forward, takes his time, doesn't rush, sees Sims making a brilliant run, fades it through the lines, up to double-figure assists now in the league as well. Just going to point that out there. Uh, and that's thanks to Ellis Sims, a thunderous finish, which gives Benji Seacrest absolutely no chance in the United goal whatsoever. 3-2. Superb stuff. The backup brigade have, have done their job uh, and are rightly in contention now for, for the remaining league fixtures. Right. Big claim. Here we go. Are we ready? Is everybody ready for a big claim? Don't say something like Everton are going to be relegated and Ellis Sims will not be back at Tynecastle next season. No. It's, not no. it's to do with Sims. No. It seems like if you just look at the time he's here, is he the best January signing we've made since Zeefuk? Because obviously, we signed both Suter and Boyce in a January window, and obviously, they have had bigger impacts, but that's across several years. I mean, in the yeah. months following, have we ever had a, a signing? Now, maybe it's because they're both strikers, so I associate, like, they've both come in and scored loads of goals. But, like, the other options are, like, Donis Advalai, and stuff like that. <laughs> so, Marcel Langer. Yeah. But like, Sims has come in and just been fucking amazing. He's so good. I said yeah. it last week. He yeah. hits a ball so hard. Like, and that was with his other foot. And he's apparently hurt. And he's still <laughs> just like, it's all right. I've got a foot like a traction engine. And I'm just going to blitz this. Can I just say, like, there is not a chance he's 21. No danger. He is massive. Yeah, he's absolutely massive. His feet are enormous. There's not a chance he's younger than the pain of us. No way. Four years younger than me. That's depressing. (laughs) That's mid. Bye. Um, His goal was great. And then, yeah, as you say, the biggest positive was that the backup guys got it done. And we were missing like eight players that you would think would go into the starting lineup. I was even thinking about that when I was typing up like this weekend. Like you've got Smith, Suter, Halkett, Kingsley, Benny, Halliday. McInef is out, obviously. McInef, potentially, but I don't I think Robbie said it's not as serious as yeah, first. True. Yeah, like there's hundreds of folk out, and it's just like, oh, we're fine. We're just going to be able to keep getting results. Don't care, just don't make excuses like you know, certain other teams within the division. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm thinking back to the whole Ellis Sims and impact thing. Hmm. I mean, in terms of an impact, 
nobody's ever going to do more in nine games than Craig Beatty did. I mean, Ellis Sims has probably played more games for Hearts than Craig Beatty has. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, but I know what you're saying. It's, it's sort of like a second half of the season. We've not had anybody that's changed and the scored important of our team goals. like Ellis Sims has. Scored yeah. important big goals. That's it. Rounds of the Cup. Obviously, a winning goal here. Even he did score. Well, he scored on his first start. Yeah, it was Motherwell. Yeah, man. Got an assist in a really important well, league derby. Scored in the semi-final. Scored, as you say, in all other previous rounds of the cup that he's here for. Like he's class. Just got to beg that Burnley get relegated. I know. I know. Yeah. However, my dad did make the point. That even if Everton get relegated, they might not want to risk having their hopes put on a relatively inexperienced number nine. So they might buy a striker to just After get them out of the week. Calvert Lewin, anyway. Yeah. Know. You could see that. Oh, man. I don't know. I, I, what annoys me is the fact that Burnley have sacked Sean Dyche and now they all of a sudden want to pick know, up. Like, now they're doing well. What is that all about? Um, a weird one. But yeah, I mean, like we say, the backup brigade have done their job. Great win for us, all things considered. I mean, it, it is a bit of a dead rubber, but just so good to get wins, picking up points exactly. And we want it, we want to carry some sort of momentum in these games with playing on the final. You know, confidence is key, isn't it? Um, and another fixture which we'll hope to gain confidence from is taking on Ross County up in the high. I was going to say up in the Highlands, up at Tynecastle Park Tynecastle. this coming Saturday. Been a long day, mate. Well, I, like the whole "How are you?" I was going to bore everybody to tears and say that I'm up to my neck in uni deadlines. I'm literally waiting for this game on Saturday because everything's going to be out of the way. Just about. I'm really looking forward to this because County played some nice stuff. We are just picking up points willy nilly. It's a great time to be a Hearts fan. Scott Wilson's last game though. Oh, Wilson's last really game. historic. We need to win for. I couldn't give a fuck about this game generally, but. We need to win for him. We need to have Scott Wilson's last game be a win. Do you fancy us then? No. We'll be 2 0. Because they could they've got some, well, in fairness, this is what I said last week. I was like, oh, Dunny United have got something to play for. They might oh, they're going to be up for it. But then and in fairness, I said that the week before when Hibbs came to Tinkastle, so I was like, they've got something to play for. And both times it's not worked out that way at all, and we've just won. So I can't believe I'll, your pessimistic attitude. It's just as well that this squad don't have the exact same mindset. It's not, it's not pessimism. It's complete and utter do not care about the result. <laughs> it's apathy at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's apathy, but in the best way because it's like, oh, I don't care. I'm just going to have a lovely day. I'm going to eat my pie. Yeah. Positive apathy. And, yeah. there's, a, there's a podcast, a potential podcast title for us. Positive, Positive apathy. apathy. There we go. Yeah, that's great. But yeah, just I, I'll be honest. I, I'd play the exact same team except Barry Mackay because I'm like, yeah. just completely needless to risk him at this point, Robbie. Just wrap but him in bubble wrap and sit him on the bench. Is McInef back? Do we know? No, but play, play like Mackenzie Kirk and Macaulay yeah. Tate and all that. Who cares? Well, I don't know. You know what? Ben Woodburn bagged the last time the two teams met at Tynecastle. Let's do it again. Play him. Let's Who do it cares? again. Make him captain. Who cares? <laughs> Don't make him captain. Robbie, dead day that. That's even <laughs> that's too far. Score prediction. Uh, you three, said 2-0 county. 3 0 Ross County. <laughs> 3 0 Ross County and three red cards. What three hearts red cards? Who knows? We'll just need to see. We could mix them a bit. Ross Callahan in a sheer rage at being back at Tiger. Ross Callahan's going to score a 35 yarder and get sent off in the celebrations. There's Connor one Randall ghosting in at the back stick. Can I just say they should have taken something on Boxing Day? My goodness. There's another reason why I'm looking forward to it because I've not seen County in the flesh this season. Missed both trips to Dingwall. I've um, seen that. I, was in, I was at one of them. So, yeah, look, looking forward to it. Um, I'm, I'm feeling positive. I was going to say either. Two, two or three one hearts. I'll go. I'll go three one because I've said that a lot of the Premiership matches this weekend lend two one to the home team. So I'm going to say you mix it up. Yeah, we're <laughs> one of the exceptions that because Reagan Charles Cook is the league's top scorer. I feel like they'll get one because they've scored in every game against us this season as well, haven't they? Yep. 
So yeah, three three one. Fair enough. Well, we will see what happens this weekend. I'm going to try oh, and do this outro. What can I just say before? Obviously, we've got the the weekend match. Um, I'm also going to consider tuning in after this podcast is out. This will be released on Wednesday, uh, and the Youth Cup final takes place Wednesday night. Oh, I think yeah, it's on BBC Scotland, so might give that a watch. But the Champions League's on, so I don't really know. But priorities, we'll priorities. Your own club yeah, could win final. a trophy. Yeah. Exactly, and and if we beat Rangers in a final, you know, now exactly we did it in '98. Last time Scotland were at the World Cup as well, and we're on the brink of the World Cup. Who knows? Just oh, saying, just just throwing it out there. It's all happening. Well, as I say, I'm going to try and do this outro without a coughing fit, which I've actually managed to not have many of this podcast. You've done well. You've done very well. Thank you very much. But we hope you have enjoyed this random podcast. They're probably going to be like this for the next few weeks. All over until, the place. I was yeah. tapping it for hosting, I've got to be honest. But up until you know, a decent gap of nonsense. Up until the week previewing the pod the Scottish Cup final, where we'll be back to being serious because we've actually got a game that we care about. And yeah, between both something. Rangers games. Yeah, yeah, that'll be like a normal oh. but until then, you've got this bullshit. Yeah, we're on the beach till then. Exactly, it doesn't matter. But we hope you have enjoyed. What I quickly say, thank you so much for the support in last week's episode. We do understand why, considering the subject matter, but it's like our second best ever episode in terms of listeners. So thank you so much. We really, really do appreciate it. We hope some of you are stuck around. You're probably going to be gone after this episode, and I don't oh, blame you to be without honest. Without a doubt. The standard was so high last week, and then I've gone back to hosting, and it's just gone to shit. Well... If you have enjoyed it, please do give us a share on all the social medias. It's pet to paste like on everything, as you can see on YouTube. If you're watching, if you are, please leave a like, subscribe, and comment. It's been massively, massively beneficial to us. If you're not and you're just listening, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice. That massively helps us as well. If you want to get in contact with us on the email, it's pet to paisley at gmail.com. Adam, where can they get you on social media? And get me on all the socials at Adam T. Kendall. And what about yourself, mate? I'm at dmciver22. We'll be back next week to discuss all the fallout from the Ross County game and anything else that happens in between them. Probably the Youth Cup final as well, but we'll see what happens. But until then, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Money Jack Tees!